0: What's up guys? Welcome to the Naeem Fazer Podcast. (laughs) And Naeem you wanted to hit us with a a little note. Is that what (laughs) Yes, man. You
1: always (laughs) save the
0: best for last. What do you think? I don't don't, you sound amazing, bro. I mean, I think if if podcasting and being a pastor doesn't work out for you, you know, in the second half of your life, um, singing might be (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're gonna be living... What are you going to live to be? hundred and twenty? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. You're, of you're course. 60 now, right? I'm
1: not you 60, 60? punk. I am not 60. <laughs> I am not 60. And the reason why I was singing this song is because this is the last episode of the Dark Room Sessions, my friend.
0: And uh, I'm saving the one. best for last. Yes. Well, who, the who? So who? who is this uh, best for last character? Who's okay, it's the so one and only Greg Surratt. He
1: is the pastor, founding pastor of... Uh, of Seacoast Church. He is the president of the Ark. It's a church planning organization. Um, yeah, man. And so the first church I was a part of came on staff, got ordained, got married. I mean, a lot of history there. And he's got like, uh,
0: he's got over 40 years of experience. So yeah, yeah can't like, wait
1: for our people to listen to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And add like 20 years of experience for having to deal with you. Just like, it's like a oh, bonus. for sure. For sure. Um, for show. <laughs>
1: talk about that.
0: So this will be a fun awesome. one for people to watch. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's check it out.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, hey, guys. Uh, I am back. Um, and I think this might be the last of our Drop Room sessions. And today, uh, I get the honor and the privilege. And I say this honor and privilege because it really is an honor and privilege. Because uh, I get to interview and talk to... I know you don't like it, Greg, but my spiritual dad, how about that?
2: <laughs> oh, Hey, I, 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 it's an honor for me to be your spiritual dad. What, what I don't like is it sounds like I'm closing down this podcast. This is it. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, over. it's well, done. Least, I, I had to save the best for last. I had to like close okay. it with a bang. Uh, after, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking after, after you say what, what you're going to say, there's nothing more that needs to be said. How about that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope none of us are disappointed. But uh, yeah, well, it's it's an honor, really. It is uh, to to be here.
1: Awesome. Okay, so uh, let's start with this. We've known each other for twenty-five years, maybe.
2: Wow! wow. It's that long. Twenty-five it's years.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I remember. I remember very yeah. well.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I remember this uh this young college kid that uh came over from uh Kuwait, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I knew your brother and he introduced me to you and you were freshly um really brand new relationship with God and uh yeah. very alive and exciting and <laughs> annoying and <laughs> oh, annoying at times but you know i think we're all that way <laughs> we're brand new it's good
1: that's it's true. good you do you remember i distinctly remember uh having a conversation with you the first time i tried to um, connect with you you were going from one meeting to the other you had about uh 30 minutes and i could squeeze it in and i was like it worked out and i remember this was the first conversation we've had and it was uh, again, not in an office, in passing, it was the older auditorium. It mm-hmm. was not the, it's not this one that that you guys are in right now. Not the one before, the one, the first phase.
2: Yeah, the one before that. Yep.
1: And I said, I'm going to work at seekers Like <laughs> I just said that. I said, I, I'm going to work at seekers And you're like, okay. <laughs> uh, you know,
2: hey, I think it's a great ambition, you know, I, <laughs> First conversation, it might be a little, you know, a little strong. I know.
1: But, uh, I know.
2: No, it's great. You were that way. You were determined, and uh, and you came to work at Seacoast, and you worked as I remember, right, with uh, middle school.
1: Isn't that yes, right? You was, did. Yeah. 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 You remember where, where you offered me the job?
2: No, I don't. Where was that?
1: We were in the bathroom. We were in the bathroom.
2: You know what's funny <laughs> is they're just my life. Uh, there are just a lot of significant conversations. In fact, uh, my son-in-law asked for the hand of my daughter in marriage uh, in a bathroom. and <laughs> uh, Just a lot of significant. A lot of it. <laughs> I don't know if I spent a lot of time there or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what
1: it. Oh, wow. Well, I go down this road because I just want our listeners to know there's a lot of history there. And uh, so, you know, the the kind of uh, life I get to live in terms of uh, really uh, uh, being a part of being a pastor of Mosaic, starting the ministry. It's all connected to Seco Church and you. Obviously, you guys planted us uh, 15 years ago. More than that, you invested in our family, um, uh, shaped uh, early, you know, um, uh, Christianity for us, uh, for me, especially what the church would look like. And so that's why when I say spiritual father, I, I mean, I mean, I know we don't act like father son kind of thing, but uh, and sometimes we do, but it really is. Uh, you've been a part of the growth, so much significant growth in the early years of uh, my uh, spirituality. So um, you got a lot to offer. And so oh, I want to jump in. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I explained to you our darkroom sessions, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, so let me ask you the first question here. Can you relate to one of those? Can you relate to a time, uh, that God took you to a dark room? Um, so I will say that and, or was it, did it surprise you that you actually struggled with something like that?
2: Oh yeah. And, uh, here's what I would ask. How many dark rooms do you want me to talk about? <laughs> you know, um, I've been in pastoral ministry for about 40 years and at Seacoast for 33 years. And, uh, you know, I started out, you know, extremely idealistic, a lot like a, a guy that I'm talking to right now. You know, that uh, the, world was, uh, th- the world was just waiting for me to come with the message <laughs> that I had <laughs> about how to follow God. <laughs> And live life. And it didn't take very long for, uh, for me to figure out that that wasn't exactly the scenario. I remember going to the uh, first church I ever pastored, the only other church in Freeport, Illinois, and uh, getting depressed for the first time in my life. I mean, I'd never been depressed. And some, I did some, mean, you know, I wasn't that old, you know, I was 23 years old, something like that. But uh, so I didn't have a lot of life experience, but I'd had some pretty tough things in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I had I had never experienced discouragement and depression uh, like I did in that first six months there. In fact, I like to to say that uh, discouragement, not necessarily depression, but discouragement is the occupational hazard of ministry. You're going to get discouraged. What you've got to do is figure out how in the world, what, what do I do? How do I process that? And uh, I, boy, I'm telling you what, um, 40 years ago, I didn't know. I had no idea. Didn't have anybody to talk to, um, you know, as far as a, a counselor. I couldn't even, right. imagine, couldn't even imagine that. And um, it was the grace of God, uh, my positive father, who uh, really, uh, he's one of the most positive people I know in life still to this day at about 86 years old. And my wife's grace, uh, you know, just toward me uh, helped me pull, pull out of that. And, uh, you know, I guess if there's lessons and I'm, there are all kinds of lessons, but in that first yeah. one, um, the lesson for me is that, uh, you know, discouragement or even depression, at least in my case, uh, wasn't the final word, you know, I mean, there were, there were times when I felt like I'll never climb out of this, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine this. And, um, but it wasn't, you know, and, and, and if somebody's discouraged, Depressed, whatever I'd say, you know, you will smile again. You know, chances are you will, and uh, that that was helpful to me back, way back in the day. But that's just the first one. I mean, I'm-
1: yeah. Did you even know you were depressed? Like sometimes I find myself going, I find out later, or while I'm in it, like, yeah. or I'm coming out of it, like I don't even know. I, like I had to say to myself uh, uh, at some point last, I don't even know, several times, but like, man, I think I you have a low grade depression like a, yeah. like a low-grade fever oh not yeah. know it
2: yeah but- you know that first time I knew it I oh, uh, didn't know. know what to call it exactly but I mean it was one of those where you don't want to get out of bed you don't get out of bed and you know it just so I knew I was depressed now there have been times since then that yeah you, what you're talking about you, you just don't feel right you, you feel a little off and it's, it is kind of like a low-grade. Low grade fever, I guess, something like that. But yeah, I've I've experienced that a lot too.
1: Now, uh, uh, just to give uh, people context, I mean, you came from a family of pastors. Yes, correct. Yes,
2: I did. my father, my uncle, my grandfather—kind of stops there. It's it's criminals before that, and then it's pastors (laughs) before.
1: Yeah, it's not even a joke. That's real, right? That's That's true. It's history. um and so was there a, let me ask you this was there did the depression connect was this connected to uh kind of a wrestling of uh, i come from pastors i should probably be a pastor i don't want to be a pastor i should be a pastor i've got a calling to be a pastor i can't like because i you know again i know you i've met your uh, your dad very different extremely very di- different
2: yeah there was there were definitely as you talk about it now there was definitely a lot of that early on because my dad, um, you know, he could preach preach the pain off the wall. You know, I mean, he's yeah. he's uh he's a old school Pentecostal, which is back in now. You know, but uh, uh-huh. he's he's old school Pentecostal. Preach, preach, preach. You know, you you haven't you haven't really touched God unless you're sweating and you know shaking <laughs> your hair out and some of that, and I, that's just not my personality. I'm. I'm laid back. I am more of a teacher than a preacher. And honestly, early on, um, it was almost like that wasn't an option. At least in my mind, it wasn't an option. I, if I was really called to this, if I was really good at this, then I would be more like, in the, you know, fill in the blank, my dad, my uncle, you know, the famous preachers that were around at the time because they all had a very similar style.
1: Was okay. So just since we're diving in into this right now, you think it was the depression or the season, or was connected to? I am, I am acting like someone else, or I am not enough like someone else.
2: Yeah, it's probably the first, the second one. Uh, if there was something, it was um, well. You know, it's interesting in, in that um, I, when I came to the first church. Uh, my wife had given me a book called all originality makes a dull church. And, uh, all, all, all the idea was, is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, that there are a lot of models out there of churches that are doing great things, study them. Well, that was unique to me. I mean, I'd never been out of our small Pentecostal churches. And so I didn't know there was a world out there. At least if, if I did know there was a world, I thought they were all going to hell, so. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I read this book, and it just stimulated me to, to take a look at uh, some things like Calvary Chapel with Chuck Smith, Gene Getz with the Bible Church Movement, uh, Robert Shuler with, it was before it was Crystal Cathedral, um, I can't remember the name of the church, but several different models of churches in America, and so uh, my big idea just before I got fired as a youth pastor <laughs> was I want to do a different kind of church. Okay. I want, I want, I want to be and do a different kind of church. And that's all I knew. I didn't know anything other than that. And so we got to Illinois, total different culture. I was raised in Denver, Colorado. We're now in a farming community. Um, wow. the, the second week we were there, they had the biggest snowstorm, you know, on record at that point, it was called the, um, a blizzard of 79 got the the mayor of chicago uh unelected you know i mean it was just wow. a huge snowstorm that didn't leave this was in january the first week of january uh that uh it never got above 32 degrees until march 16th or something like that you can look it up on mm-hmm. wikipedia it must be true you know but anyway so that's what i came into in about 13 members in the church, you know, maybe 30 people that actually attended. And, um, and then, uh, I preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, um, I only had three sermons. I actually had five <laughs> and I preached two of them to get elected to this church. And so I only had five and I ran out after a week, you know? <laughs> and so there was a lot of, there, there were so many factors, culture, shock, um cabin fever uh wow what am i going to say do i have anything to say i don't mm. say it in the way that um you know that the the, the average typical expectation was at the time so there's just mm. a lot of that 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 mm. came together
1: mm. so uh in terms of like okay your first introduction to um depression in light of what God has called you to do was there in some other struggles that you thought like, Oh man, I, 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 I really didn't think I would struggle with this as well.
2: With, uh, other than uh, discouragement and depression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what, honestly, I mean, it's not like I'm depressed every day. It's not But man, I've been around long enough that it's, it's, it, there have been multiple multiple this past year just pretty well kicked my butt in some areas. Uh, you know, um, yeah, we all, we all had to deal with COVID and the economy collapse basically. Yeah. And, uh, the racial, um, I- injustice issues yeah. and this crazy election. And then in the, in the middle of that, uh, we had one of our, you know, my best friends, one of my great friends and most popular mm. pastor, probably Darren Patrick, took his own life. And uh, and so in the midst of all of that, uh, I didn't go into a deep depression, but you talk about the low-grade stuff without a doubt. I questioned a lot of things. It's like when people were, you know, uh, and I, they probably didn't do this at Mosaic, but when people were leaving the church because there were, uh, too many masks or not enough masks, or,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, not, not Trumpy enough or too Trumpy or, you know, uh, uh, you know the whole Black Lives Matter uh, debate that was going on. And, and, and I'm in the middle of, it, of kind of grieving, not kind of, right, right. like, yeah. grieving the loss of a friend. And, um, in fact, this, this is just fresh stuff. Just a couple of weeks ago, I, I felt like the Lord revealed to me you are really angry at some people because uh, of the way you perceived, uh, you know, I thought, hey, I've been here 33 years. Give me benefit of the doubt. You know,
0: mm.
2: we're in the midst of the craziest time that we've ever been through. Give us the benefit of the doubt. And so I found myself just just mad, um, yeah, uh, mad at people. And uh, so I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I uh, I was at a retreat that I was leading last week, and I just said I got to confess some sin here because you get healed when you confess your sin, mm-hmm. and I'm really mad at some people right now, and mm. uh, I don't want to carry that forward. I, I don't want to be that guy, and uh, I think I think God God uh, gave me some grace in that moment. This is fresh stuff, but yeah, um, uh, yeah so. Uh, anyway, I don't remember the question, but that's. that's,
0: that's.
1: <laughs> no, no, this is this is good. Um, uh, I, I mean, I can fully relate. I mean, it's not uh, it's not a seacoast church issue. It's a, every church issue, you know. Same here, and you do you do wonder what in the world um, are people thinking? Uh, what did I even mean to you? Do you even know Jesus? <laughs> you know, like yeah. Well, you and know,
2: know, these are good people. These are right. good, good people. And they have their own reasons and, you know, they all their own way of seeing things. But from my perspective, the lens I was looking through, uh, this is all about me. This hurts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? Like, what? Uh, you're not the first person. I'm not the first person to have those thoughts about people. Is, is it okay to just keep them?
2: You know, um, Here's the here's the deal and I it's hard when you're a preacher and you have to live by your own preaching. You know what I mean? Don't don't be don't be bringing up the stuff I said. <laughs> it's not fair. But honestly, the 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 life we live um I I wouldn't I wouldn't do this if it didn't live well, okay? When it's done right, it lives well. And um
1: Explain that again. I mean, I don't think I got that.
2: Well, we, we, the, the whole um, Christ follower, the uh, trying to follow Jesus, trying to live as He would have us to live. When when that's done right, it really lives well. It's a good life. It's mm, it's right okay. thing. It's a good. I've I've tasted, I've experienced little snippets of, uh, you know, maybe what the future is going to be when we don't have the downward gravitational pull of sin, you know. Mm. And, uh, uh, and it's about forgiveness. And it's about not being a victim. And it's a, you know, uh, uh, forgiveness is not about the other person, the forgiveness is selfish, it's about me, and I need to forgive, I need to move on, I need to, to to see people who hurt me not as, you know, evil uh vile enemies. We, you know, we re, uh, classify people and, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what a lot of the craziness in the world is about these days. But, um, but people have their own reasons, you know, and, and, uh, I I don't want to be the guy, the bitter old guy. Okay. As a result of COVID or whatever it happens to be, there'll be, you know, another opportunity in the future. If you live long enough, I don't want to be, I want to live well. I don't want to be that guy, and so that's why I try to do as the best I can to, when God points it out, to repent of it and let's let's try to move on.
1: Uh, do you think a lot of pastors or people in who who serve people fall into this?
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt, you know. Um,
1: or stay yep. in the, in this.
2: Well, I think, that, I, Too think long? I think there's a lot of. Leaders, and I'll I'll just say pastors because that's kind of the gig that I'm in. Uh, that uh, because of the very real the the reality of hurt in relationships. I, I was talking to some pastors recently about this whole thing, you know. And uh, my situation is so small compared to what others are going through. And and you know you got. Like like at ARC, um, we tell our church planters that a high percentage of those who are your core team from the beginning are not going to be with you after two years. And every every pastor says, "Well, that's not me. That's not going to happen." <laughs> and then and then what happens is, for whatever reason, right. things go separately. And sometimes it's you know just legitimate things, and sometimes it's somebody's hurt, somebody's mad, whatever. And, you know, you've got what used to be your, your best friend uh, who lives across the street from you because you moved in together. Your kids are, mm. you know, yeah. close friends. And now you have to explain to your kids why it is that, you know, they don't go to our church anymore and they, you know, whatever. Mm. That's hard. And so and so what happens is uh, a lot of pastors Just just put put a a guard around their heart, Um, and we need to guard our heart. But we we can go too far in it. We can be so boundaryed that we can never open up to relationship. And uh, so, and that's a delicate dance. It really is.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what are what what are the signs? Like, like, can you spot that? I mean, if you spot that, you can spot that in yourself. Can you spot that in possibly other people maybe just for yourself like hey when you start doing things like this you might want to
2: isolate that's the big isolate yeah when you isolate um uh, at least when i do when i isolate um because i don't want to get hurt because i you know i i I don't want to deal with it when when i i find myself isolating and hey guess what you do have an enemy and when you isolate, you're most vulnerable to the enemy and and the way uh, in, uh, the enemy of my soul deals with me is in in my thought life uh, you know he
0: mm. plants
2: a thought, and not every thought that you have is true would you agree with that right,
1: right. Uh, and you
2: don't have to think them just because they came into your brain but <laughs> i'll start I'll, I'll start to think on th- I'll, I'll isolate number one and then start to think on negative things that um, are Really destructive to my mental health.
1: Hmm. What do you think is another one? Have you seen um, some others?
2: When you uh, with me, sometimes it's uh, when I overreact to um, a, a situation, and it, it might not even be the situation that's bothering me. Okay, but I just I just overreact in anger. Uh, I remember one time I wrote about it in a book. Um a lady came up to me at Starbucks one time and uh she said um uh you uh, oh, yeah, I had a dream that you were going to be here now that should have been a key indicator to me that <laughs> this is not going to be good. She said could we sit down and talk and I said okay and it was the beginning of the year it was like a re- the week between Christmas and
1: New Year's This is I- at Starbucks
2: yeah. And I love that. I, I, I love okay. that. Okay. Nobody's expecting anything. Our offices are closed, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And she says to me, um, I want you to forgive me for some thoughts that I've had toward you. And I should have said, you know, bless you. My, daughter, <laughs> peace, you know, it's, it's all good. I said, sure. Well, what are those thoughts? And she (laughs) loaded, You know, it was like it wasn't like. Why did you ask her? (laughs) I know that now, but it was like she just made a laundry list of what was wrong with me. You know, supposedly asking me to forgive her for all these thoughts. And so, anyway, we got down to the end of it, and uh, she said, "Oh, by the way, you know, we're we're not going to come to Seacoast anymore because we just we just don't get fed there. You know, nothing personal." <laughs> nothing, nothing personal. Oh, but we just don't get fed there. And then, you know, it was like uh uh then she says, um, uh, is there anything I can pray for you? Oh my gosh. And the thought in my mind, seriously, I mean this is terrible. This is awful. Let's censor this. The thought in my mind was, yeah, I want to give you the finger right now. Okay, and so you probably ought to pray for me over that. I didn't say it, but that's what I was thinking. And so I went home and I thought, "Wow, was that an overreaction?" Okay. Then I look back and I, I think about just my reaction with my wife and kids and friends. I'm just overreacting right now. I mean, yes, get angry. Okay, get mad, whatever. But this anger was way over the top uh, compared to what it it should have been given the situation. And in my life, when I find myself running too hot um, mm. like that, there's a, there's a soul problem in here somewhere.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. This is, yeah, this is so good, man. So good. Yeah. I can totally relate to isolation, overreacting for sure. Uh, I remember uh, doing a podcast with someone else just talking about uh, it was, it was uh, last year, sometime. We were in the middle of this uh, quarantine. And just talking about, I just had a thought of like leading while bleeding. I was like, I am trying to like help others. I'm trying to clean up wounds, bleeding out myself.
0: Yeah, like, really.
1: I don't like even know who's blood is blood. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It felt like yeah. that. And, you know, and sometimes, and there have been times during this year when that was really, really hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are other times, like um, like I'm I'm getting ready to do the memorial service for Darren Patrick and, mm-hmm. and studying for it today. A year later, okay, because of this this stupid disease pandemic that separated everybody and isolated everybody and couldn't mm-hmm. even have funerals. And um and uh, Darren, uh, one of the points about him is that he was far from perfect. Uh, he was manipulative at times. He was over angry <laughs> at times. You know, he was all of those, those things. But what was, what was cool about him is that, uh, when it was pointed out by either God to him directly, or when God would use his servant, Greg, to, <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to that or somebody else, <laughs> he would own it. He would own it. Mm-hmm. And then he'd work on it and then he'd put it in a message one of the best messages that he ever did here was on anger and he's dealing mm. with that Okay. But mm. he was a wounded healer. And yeah. Yeah. We're attracted to that. It was like, okay, this guy's kind of like me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's an attractive thing.
1: Mm. So um, it's, I mean, these are just this a great conversation here. So um, any other signs you think like, uh, I mean, I just thought of, I know for me, sometimes for me, it's, it's, um, it's distraction. Like if I find myself distracting myself or not distraction, even more uh, entertainment, uh, but I just make myself busy doing other things. I
2: obsess, I obsess on something else, you know, (laughs) whether
1: that's just to, yeah, to uh, go.
2: It, yeah, exactly. Just obsess on something, whether that's putting something together, uh, which I'm terrible at. So that adds to my frustration <laughs> and anger, or obsessing on, uh, I'll give you one. So the whole thing that's going on in Israel right now. Mm. Uh, so I decided. I want to, I want to figure that one out as if anybody could, okay. Like it's been <laughs> for, so right. I'm obsessing on studying everything I can kind oh, of wow. what's going on in that. And I was like, Whoop, you're avoiding something here. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So this has been great. Now you got you have over 40 years plus of ministry experience. Uh, Planted, uh, Seacoast founding pastor of Seacoast Church for 33 years, right? It's been going. 33. Uh, Josh. Josh took over, kind of hands-on, day-to-day lead pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's Uh, wrong
2: that right now is his fault. Okay.
1: All wrong and right.
2: Well, you know, the right still is a hangover from when I was there, but.
1: Did you get the the lady to meet with Josh after that? You you probably should do that.
2: She left the church. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, um, Let's talk about, so if we we just kind of went down the the depression, we went down that. Mm -hmm. As you look at what's going on, um, again, you planted Seekos, but then you also uh, founded or co-founded uh, ARC, which is a church planning organization that has mm-hmm. planted over a thousand, uh, two thousand churches, right? 1,000, 1, right? 1,000, 1, yeah. 1,000 churches. So, okay, you all obviously have a pulse on what's going on with pastors. What is one of or some of the biggest, like, challenges, pitfalls, dark rooms that you're like, oh. hey, if I could just tell them,
2: yeah, hey, well, do
1: this, don't I'll- do this. All this Boy. stuff that
2: we've talked about, and this year has been a challenge, biggest leadership challenge ever this year. Okay. But let's, let's put that aside for a minute. So, before that, and I'm sure after, after what we've gone through will be similar stuff. Um, the whole comparison thing, it just rips a pastor's soul out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, uh, with social media, and we feel like mm-hmm. we've got to, you know, be on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and whatever else is the latest. And I'm as guilty as anybody else on this, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm i I, interviewed for my podcast, uh, pastors collective. How about that for a little advertising
1: <laughs> uh, a week ago
2: or two weeks ago, uh, John Eldridge, you know, the wild at heart guy. And yeah. he, he sent me, um, his latest book that he wrote It came out last year. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, it's great. It really is great. (laughs) But I'm listening to it right now, and just even before I came in here, the the topic was unplug from all this stuff. Do yourself a favor. Do your soul a favor, and unplug as best as you can. But what will happen with young pastors is, or old pastors, it doesn't matter is we will compare ourselves, you know, um, uh, compare the metrics, attendance, you know, income, uh, w- whatever it happens to be, those yeah, are ridiculous. Yeah. big ones. But, you know, you'll, you'll baptize four people, you know, on a weekend and then you'll get on Instagram and somebody just baptized 4,000, okay? And <laughs>
1: you're looking at that going, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I know, right, so,
2: right. So the whole comparison thing, and then and then when we talked about what we talked about before with, uh, you know, people leaving, people come, people go, okay? That's just the nature of the beast. But back years ago with me, if somebody left, unless they approached me at Starbucks and told me they were going, I really didn't know that much about it. But these days, they post on Facebook, mm. oh, I found a great church that really preaches the word, that really feeds <laughs> me. And then all the comments – you know, I hear this from our church planners all the time, or all their friends who go to your church. You know, oh, right. really, where is that? What? It's just ripping their heart out, you know? So I think social media is of the devil. I really yeah. do. Um, I'm on it. I try to use it in a positive way. But I do think that negative far outweighs the positive in social media. And mm. I, I really do. Um, uh, I, I don't think that we were created by God to be on all the time.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think yeah. so. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, For sure. So, anyway, that's For sure.
2: You know, the comparison thing is really big.
1: Yeah. I cannot. I, you know, I did not realize when I planted a, a mosaic, I moved from, you know, one being one of the pastors at mm-hmm. Seacoast. And when people left and, and we found out, you know, we, figure out what the attendance was for the weekend. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, the number didn't matter to me because mm-hmm. I was one of the guys. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Um, uh, people left. Uh, okay. People left. It's all good. As right. soon as it became my church, yes, all of a sudden, like, Oh my gosh. Like I could not imagine how, just a number of people who didn't show up, like, like any number 50, 100, whatever, a number could mess me up for a whole week.
2: Oh, for uh, long
0: Man, yeah.
1: Um, or I went to before, I didn't even think about comparing myself to other pastors. I'm just whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. When I became a senior pastor, all of a sudden it mattered. Yeah. And I'm like, I found myself stopping myself going, Lane, what are you? What are you doing, A, and who are you becoming? Yeah. Like, you're this guy now? Like, you're this guy now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm this guy now. Like, but then I had to realize I am just going to wrestle with this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not going to go away.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or I quit.
2: Yeah, that's so true. And uh, we've got to learn to manage it. Um, and then but,
1: unplugging uh, is, is the way, right. It's that love. Well, I think there's a couple of things.
2: I, I think there's a couple of things. Unplug. Yeah. Just, you know, listen, monitor that stuff, uh, how much you're doing it. But I think you also got to come to the realization that, um. well, let's just talk about numbers of people. Some of the, those metrics, uh, my life verse, you're going to hear me. You've heard me quote it. you know, a hundred times. If you've ever been around me, and that's I delicious. think I know it. I think I know yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. And uh, where where he talks about don't be weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And there are some responsibilities there. There's my responsibility, which is learn how to do good. Figure out. And I think it's good in a lot of ways. Living a life that is good. You know. Um, uh, You know systems that help us take care of people in the church that are good, you know, those types of things. And, and, and just, just do them. And then don't quit. That's my responsibility. And God has some responsibilities and that is the, the harvest, the timing, it says in due season. So the timing of the harvest, the size of the harvest, all of that, that's God's responsibility. And so as pastors, what do we do? We obsess on, not our part, but God's part.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. How big's yeah. the
2: harvest? When's it coming? You know, all this yeah. stuff, thing. And, uh, honestly, um, we don't have a whole lot of control on that, you know, and, and when you take authority or responsibility, when you take responsibility for an area that you don't have authority in that's mm. called stress. It's called mm. stress. And, um, you know, the every situation is different. Every gifting is different. The size of the pond is different that we're swimming in. Uh, the message that we have is different. Um, you know, uh, it's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of plenty of blessing for everybody. And so you got to you've got to uh, uh, deal with scarcity thinking in your mind because I think that drives some of the comparison and get to abundance thinking that God man, God's in control. He's blessing. It's good. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's got me where he wants me and that's really who I'm serving here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that passage. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's one definitely to, to bring it back to alignment of what, why you're doing what you're doing and what you're supposed to do. I love the idea of a harvest, um, because I think I'm realizing now that, uh, The the, in due season, the harvest will come. I don't even know if it's in this life, yeah. Like, I think we see glimpses of it, great, but like, I'm like, it's not, it's not even like, like I'm tallying up the score right now, and God's like, it's not even done, yeah. Like, like, what you know, so, um, we, I think I look at other things and I go, look at their harvest, look at that, right? And God's like, "No, no, no, I'm gonna. It's gonna happen later. We're gonna find out at the end. Like you just yeah. do the work. You just, just do the work do right now. Doing. Yeah. Let's no. get on the other side of this. Yep. And then we'll figure out. Yeah. So you 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 can't start measuring right now. It's still yep. going. Yeah. Still going. Um, man. Um, yep. and this has been great. Uh, let me ask you this as we uh um as we kind of wrap up here. So uh right now what are you doing? What's the most um. I mean, you started this retreat opportunity for uh, pastors uh, for a reason. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, tell me, tell us all about it.
0: Why are you uh, doing just it?
2: Uh, Darren and I, uh, Darren Patrick and I um, just had this vision burden to help pastors. Okay. Just, just help them. Not, not how do you grow your church? There's plenty of that out there. How do you, how do you monitor your soul how do you take Mm -hmm. care of your your soul and uh and then darren um darren died and i wondered if that was the end of it for me you know i had all kind of guilt feelings about all of that and worked through it with the help of chip judd and others and Mm -hmm. and i think are still working through it but i i think in a fairly good place and uh so out of the blue um um I had been wanting a place where we could bring pastors and, and just uh, have fun together uh, in smaller groups, maybe 10, 15. And then at night, just get real vulnerable and honest with one another and and see some healing happen. And um, out of the blue um, we, we had a a place uh, here in Charleston uh, become available. And uh, so we have, Hundred and ten acres on the water, in Charleston, uh, thirty minutes from downtown Charleston, and it is the most peaceful, beautiful piece of property I think anywhere. I just I go out. I went out there today, and it was just like I've got a rule when you when you get on the property, you got to turn all the radio, all the electronics off, roll down the window, and as you drive in, it's about a half mile drive back to the to the house. You you've just got to. Uh, just kind of drink in the piece mm. that is hardwired into the land. And uh, then there's, there's bass ponds there. There's, uh, uh, you can get saltwater fishing on. The, it's got a dock and all this kind of thing. And uh, it's just beautiful, absolutely a beautiful place. And so we've been bringing pasture. We're just experimenting right now. You know, what, what works, what doesn't work, what we can do. It's been amazing. We had, we've had 45 guys in so far. And the testimonies are, you know, hey, guy, guy wrote me today and said I discovered Psalm twenty three there. Um, mm. God let me lay down in green pastures and mm. discovered peace and on and on and on. So uh, that's what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. It's my happy place
0: <laughs> is uh,
2: just bringing pastors into Charleston and helping them make, uh, get out of the rat race. And experience a little bit of of what uh, what what peace can be, and and, and to uh, to connect with other guys that are in the same place, and guys and girls you know, because there are female pastors too, and uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. It's called uh, the ministry is Pastors Collective. We have a podcast, Pastors Collective podcast, and and then the uh, the place is the the retreat at Church Creek. Cause it happens to be on church Creek. How about that? <laughs>
1: wow. That's awesome. Um, so is this open to, is it invite only? How does it work?
2: Well, uh, the both and, uh, like if you wanted to come, uh, and you wanted to bring some folks with you, uh, you would go through our website retreat at churchcreek.org And there are ways that you can do that. We also scholarship guys because I want to, um, you know, Billy Hornsby, the co founder of the Ark, he always told us before he died, especially say, never forget the little guys. Never forget Mm. the little guys because our churches were, you know, once we were kind of the little guys and the churches had grown large. I still feel like a little guy in a sense, but he said, never forget the little guys. And so, you know, guys with large churches or large leadership or whatever can pretty much afford to do what they need, even if they don't do what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And we want those guys to come, but our target is the little guy. Um, you know, we had a guy last week that, you know, is somewhere in the middle of Georgia in a rural situation, small church, he couldn't do this. And yet he comes and he meets guys and, uh, mm-hmm. it's transforming to him. So,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: so we, we've got ways that you can sponsor people to come. You can come yourself. Um, We're just kind of getting it going.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think I'm coming to the one in September. Yeah. Josh texted me about that. We were talking the other day uh, about it. So, uh, so um, why do you, why do you, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why not? uh, I mean, Greg, I mean, you've been going for a long time now. I mean, you could just call it in. I could. Right. You could, right.
2: Then I would probably just die, you know, although that doesn't sound bad. Uh, Seriously, these days I think about heaven and uh, wow, that's going to be a cool gig. But uh, I just feel like there's there's a lot of gas in the tank. And uh, this really, uh, I've always loved pastors. And if I can, you know, uh, I've stayed in the game for 40 years now. And if I can help some guys stay in the game, wow, then that, that'd be awesome. And so, uh, yeah, I woke up. We didn't have a retreat this week and I woke up Monday morning. We had one last week. And what happens is we'll have a re- retreat ends on mm-hmm. Thursday at like noon, two o'clock, something like that. I'll go home. I'll sleep all Thursday afternoon and half the day on Friday. Cause it just wears, <laughs> but Monday morning, you know, this week, we don't have one. And I told my wife, I said, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed, you know, <laughs> I wish I wish we had a new crew coming in this week because I just I, I love it. I love doing that. I like talking to guys, uh, even though I'm kind of an introvert in a sense. But w- when it comes to these type of things, it just energizes me, mm-hmm. and hopefully I help a few people along the yeah. way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it is doing that. Well, Greg, thank you so much for this uh, conversation. Um, anything you want to add? anything before we wrap yeah. up i mean it's been really great already yeah man. there is, I'm sure there we can is. Keep on going but yeah
2: one thing i am yeah. really proud of you <laughs> i am really proud of you i tell you what uh, the way you've led your family and the way you lead the church and uh i really am very proud of you that's all i want to say
1: Bye. oh man <laughs> we should yeah we'll end it right here
0: <laughs> hey thanks again thank you so much thank you Man, so many pivotal conversations happen in bathrooms, huh?
1: Yes, man. It's true. It's true, <laughs> man. The bathroom is a sacred place. Sacred place for men and women, I think.
0: <laughs> is that why your your like speaker's lounge is literally just a converted bathroom? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it is where God speaks. It is where God
1: speaks. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, oh, but man, well, it's a great conversation. So yeah, grateful so for
0: this guy. In my life yeah so good i i knew you guys knew each other for you know a long time but just hearing you know how far back that goes that's that's really cool
1: yeah it it's is really cool it is. it is and the way to end this dark room session yes. and i just hope so i just good. want to tell people i just hope that this has been great for people uh because yeah. we're moving on to the next season and yes. man do we have a um twist I don't want to miss
0: it this is yeah this is going to be really good. And I'm, I'm super pumped about this. I think it's going to shake things up a little bit. Um, I know you're excited about it. So that's that's next week on the podcast. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. listening, if you have listened, if this is your first time listening, subscribe to the podcast, follow at Naeem Fozzle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media accounts, uh, and stay in touch with us because we have something really cool coming up. So yes, don't want to miss do. it. Yes, we we're do. We're not gonna give it away, right? We're not gonna. We're not gonna Mm-mm. spoil this press. No, nope. You got to come back. No, nope. got to come back for it. Gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. We'll see you next week for that. We're excited. Naeem.
1: see your friends. you, friends. Yes, see bro.